0: ओम ज्ञानत मिरांधस्य ज्ञानांजन शलाकया चक्षुर्मेलितं ये नातस्मै श्रीगुरवे नमहा श्रीचेतन्यमनो भीष्टं स्थापितं ये नभूतले स्वयम्रूपकदामह्यं ददातिष्वपदांतिकं नाना शास्त्र विचारने कनिपुनो सद्धर् lokanam hitakarina tribuvane manyo sharanyakaro radha krishna padaravinda bhajana nande namattaliko vande rupasnatano raghujugo shri jeeva gopalako <coughs> Vandeham Sri Guru Shri Yutapadakamalam Pada Kamalam Sri Guru Vaishnavam Sri Rupam Sagrajatam Sahagana Raghunathan Vitam Sadvaitam Savadhutam Parijana Sahitam Krishna Chaitanya Devam Sri Radha Krishnapadhan सहगनललिताश्री विशाखान्विताम्ष्च हे कृष्ण करुणा सिंधो दीन जगत्पते गोपेश गोपिका कांत राधा कांत नमोस्तुते तप्तकांचन गोरंगी राधे वृंदावनेश्वरी वृषभानु सुते देवी प्रणमामिहरिप्रिये � kripa sandobhya evach paditanam pavanebhyo vaishnavebhyo namo namaha namo om krishna presthay bhutale shrimate bhakti vedanta swamini namine namaste saraswati Vega gauravani pracharine nirvishesa śunyavādi vadi paschatya desha tarine krishna chayan Prabhu Nityananda Shriyadvaita Gadadhar Shrivasadigaurabhaktavrinda Hare Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama Rama, Rama 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 Hare Hare Thank you very much for coming. Welcome to episode 3 of the Nectar of Instruction series. And today we will continue the study of um, the second verse of the Shri Upadesha Amrita by Rupa Swami. Just one second, I will just take it out. So, yesterday we have covered two aspects that will spoil our devotional service. Those are Attyahara and Prayasa. Uh, atyahara is eating more than necessary or collecting more funds than necessary. But later you will also find another de- definition of Atyahara, which is collecting more knowledge than necessary. How can that be? So, later Shilabhaktasiddhan Saraswati Thakur explains that uh, speculating on knowledge and reading so many books, not the authorized books, speculative knowledge, so, collecting all these con- kinds of speculative knowledge—that is also—that uh, also comes under atyahara. So now we will go into uh, what is Prajalpa. So, if you, we will just for the sake of remembrance of the verse, we will see. See this one. These are the six. Atyahara Prayascha Prajalpo Niyamagraha Janasangascha Lawlyamcha Shadbir bhakti vinashyati So these are six Atyahara Atyahara Prayasa Prajalpaha Niyama Agraha Janasanga and Laulyam So we only finished yesterday Atyahara and Prayasana. So now we will have to study Prajalpa onwards. So, yeah. so I hope you can read that. That's the biggest I can go. Another impediment is. Prajalpa, unnecessary talking and by the way, um, you, if any of you have any questions, uh, please drop a comment below and we will get back to the questions once uh, at the end of the session. So, another impediment is Prajalpa, unnecessary talking. When we mix with a few friends, we immediately begin unnecessary talking, sounding just like croaking toads. If we must talk, We should talk about the Krishna Consciousness Movement. Those outside of the Krishna Consciousness Movement are interested in reading heaps of newspapers, magazines, novels, solving crossword puzzles and doing many other nonsensical things. In this fashion, people simply waste their valuable time and energy. In the Western countries, old men retired from active life, play cards, fish, watch television, and debate about useless socio-political schemes. All these and other frivolous activities are included in the Prajalpa category. Intelligent persons interested in Krishna consciousness should never take part in such activities. So what is frivolous? The English definition, (coughs) not having any serious purpose or value, that is frivolous. (coughs) <coughs> carefree, superficial, you know, this is also frivolous, shallow, foolish, silly, flighty, irresponsible, thoughtless, thoughtless activities, I just, you know, scrolling and scrolling and scrolling on the phone, they are all frivolous things, you know. So, these are the things which come under Prajalpa, all frivolous things. So, these are the things that come under uh, Prajalpa. Now, croaking toad. So, there is a verse. See? This is canto two chapter three text twenty Bile krama vikramam Kramavikramya Nashran Vata Karna Putena Jivasati Dar Durike Vasuta Nacho Pagaya Turuga. Dardurika. Dardurika means frogs. <coughs> One who has not listened to the messages about the prowess and marvelous acts of this personality of Godhead, and has not sung or chanted loudly the worthy songs about the Lord, is to be considered to possess ear, ho- <coughs> ear holes like the holes of snakes and a tongue like the tongue of a frog. So a person who does not hear about Krishna, his ears are like the ear holes like that of snake. So the snake seemingly sometimes has ear holes, but actually the snake cannot hear, the snake cannot hear any sound. The tongue of a frog is very long, very big compared to its size. And it can stretch very far and also it can make loud noise. But that noise only invites the snake to eat, eat the frog. So, but how the snake would hear the croaking of the toad or the frog when the snake does not have ears? So, the thing is that the snakes, they hear by the vibration in their skin. So, by the vibration, they will follow that sound like that. So, <clears throat> there was a, there was a lady, it came out in the news, uh, I think she was one of the, you know, these talent shows. So, she was a singer, but then for some reason, she went uh, deaf. She went deaf. And then, she started singing all over again to music, when music is, is being played, And she um, sang uh, on, uh, she did a performance with all the musicians playing, but she cannot hear what they are playing, but she sang perfectly to the timing. So when asked how she did it, so she said that she can, uh, and also mind you, when she is singing, she can't hear her own singing, you know. It's so difficult to do that. So, because she's deaf, and usually when people are born deaf, they're also dumb. They cannot speak because they have never heard what what they don't know what sounds, what sound is like. So they can't replic- replicate those sounds. So those who are deaf are also dumb. Uh, but those who are dumb may not be always deaf. If that the speech is the problem. But if the ear is not the problem, they can still hear, but usually deaf people, they can't even talk. So, but she lost her uh, ears uh, in her teens or something. So when she, but so she was just g- guessing how high the pitch would be, so, but she learned that control to an extent that it was perfect. and. She was asked, how did you sing to the beat? I mean, you can't even hear your own singing, can't hear the sound of the music, how are you even managing? She said, "I because she took her shoes off before the performance, and she said, I hear through my feet, uh, the the beat, you know, the the vibration, Uh, that's how I hear, that's how I know what beat is, what is being played, the rhythm I can catch. So, that's how a snake works so when the frog croaks uh, it's not like a percussion beat but the snakes um, you know uh, sense of hearing through the skin is so sharp that even slight vibrations in the air he can catch so anyway the tongue of a frog makes unnecessary you know irritating noise not just irritating noise it also <coughs> invites the snake which means for the frog it's death. So our croaking, our talking nonsense is only inviting death. Whereas if we are speaking of the Lord, there is no one is not overtaken by death. ayur Harati vaipam sam te so, both by rising and by setting, the sun decreases the duration of life of everyone. We, you know, people take, oh, nice beautiful sunrise, beautiful sunset, pictures, you know, in photography they call it the golden hour, the one hour just before sunrise when the sun is not like throwing harsh shadows, um, they, they and they, they say that it's golden hour when everything looks much better than in the you know midday when everything is harsh the light is harsh the shadows are harsh so for photography they prefer sunrise or sunset so in the meanwhile while while everybody is just enjoying the sunrise and sunset it is actually taking away the time in our life it is just diminishing you know our lifetime so the sun is decreasing the duration of life of everyone by the rising and setting except one who utilizes the time by discussing topics of the all-good personality of Godhead now that doesn't mean that oh as long as I discuss about Krishna I will not die of course this body is meant for death but what does actually death mean death mean death means that means it is the end of your activities whatever you have been doing it's the end of that that is death but so for a materialist whatever he is doing in his life will be finished at the time of death whereas for a devotee he, he it doesn't death doesn't impede his activity whatever he has been doing if he is Krishna conscious then the death will give him a greater benediction He will he can go back to Godhead and serve him directly there so, the service, whether here or there, is the same, as long as he is purely engaged in service. So, he the death has no power to take away what he has been doing. That's why it is said, uh, the, the sun does not decrease the life of a devotee who is engaged in Krishna consciousness. Um, because he is just do, going to do the same thing. That's why there is um, the Muni, the, the sage, he... he he gave benedictions to four different people in four different ways. There is a story. that this sage, you know, he said, uh, first he met, uh, what is that? Prince, a prince. Uh, he said, Rajaputra, uh, what is that? Uh, chiranjeeva, Rajaputra Chiranjeeva. So, you will live a long life. So, he benedicted him like that then he went and saw a brahmachari who was you know doing a lot of tapasya and you know serving the guru very nicely and in that way he was very skinny very doing a lot of tapasya so he said oh uh, muniputra muniputra means the son of a sage so he was a brahmachari oh, muniputra uh, what is that majiva you better don't live then he went on he saw a devotee so not all brahmacharis can be Um, devotees, they may be impersonalists they may be yogis, something like that so that Brahmachari was like that but he was not exactly a devotee and then then he saw a devotee oh Vaishnava Uh, sadhu oh uh, Jeevova Marova it doesn't matter whether you live or die then finally he saw a butcher ma Jeeva ma Mara You, you better don't live, better don't die so why he benedicted him them like that? So the Rajputra Charanjeeva means uh, you better live a long life because now you are enjoying. But if you die, because of all your so called indulgence in wine, women, and all this, you will have to suffer. So once the death comes, then your suffering will start. So the, therefore you better not die, you live a long life. Then he went, then why the Muniputra um, you better die. Better don't live. Why? Because he is doing so much austerity that his current life is full of suffering. So, but when he dies, he will get a very high destination. Maybe in the, you know, one of the heavenly planets or even higher, Maharloka, Janaloka, Tapaloka, you know. So, your, your future is very bright, but your present is very, <laughs> you know, painful. So, better you die. So, you go there, you will reap your results of your Tapasya. This, whereas, for the prince, uh, your present is nice, but your future is going to be dark. So, let the present live for a long time. So, for you, the future, let the future live for a long time, let the present finish now. Then, uh, the devotee, uh, Jivova Marova, it doesn't matter. For you, you, you live or die, it is the same thing for you. Because now, you are serving Krishna and after also, you will serve Krishna after death. So, there is no difference. Death has no impact on your activities then finally butcher you better don't live better don't die because your life already is hell with all the blood and you know all the meat and all the cries of the animals all horrible everything the whole thing scene is very ghastly it's it's already like hell Mm. and after death you will be you will be you know taking the reaction of all this animal killing you will be Cut, you will be boiled, you will be everything, you know, fried. So, your present is no, not good, your future also is not good. There is, where you can go, there is no, there is, you. you it is not even worth living, it is not even worth existing, that kind of life, butcher. So, in this way, four kinds of benedictions. So, the point is for the devotee, uh, it doesn't matter, the death doesn't uh, have any impact on his activities, mm. provided he is fully Krishna conscious, of course. If we are not Krishna conscious, then death is always very uh, f- uh, fearsome, and also not only fearsome; it actually ha- takes the effect of decreasing our duration of life because it's going to end whatever else we are doing. But dharmo vitam nirnam pretya, that dharma it cannot be taken. That's stated, you know. Think eleven twenty-six thirty-three. In the Bhavatam 112633, Annam hi praninam Prana, artanam Sharanam Tvaham, Dharmo Vittam Niranam Pretya, Santorvag Vibhyaturanam. Just as food is the life of all creatures, just as I, this is Krishna speaking, just as I am the sh- ultimate shelter for the distressed. And just as religion is the wealth of those who are passing away from this world, so my devotees are the only refuge of persons fearful of falling into a miserable condition of life. This is the point actually I wanted to stress. Religion is the wealth of those who are passing away from this world. And vittam niranam pretya. So that cannot be taken away. Hmm. <clears throat> we are talking about especially real religion. So on the other hand, all these prajalpa activities, unnecessary talking, you know it is like croaking of toads. If we must talk, we should talk about the Krishna consciousness movement. There is a very nice verse in the Mukundamalastotra. You see this, I uh, will just take out. It's the nineteenth verse. So, it's the nineteenth verse of the Mukund Stotra. Yat Krishna Pranipatadhu Lidhavalam tadvarshma tadvai shirās te netre tamasojjite suruchire yābhyām harir drishyate sā buddhir vimalendu shankha dhavalā yā pratipadam yā stautī nārāyaṇaṁ Beautiful verse. That head is the loftiest, which is white with dust from bowing down to Lord Krishna. That head is glorious, which is white with dust from bowing down to Lord Krishna. Those eyes are the most beautiful, which darkness has abandoned after they have seen Lord Hari. Te netre suruchire. So, it's not the beautiful eyes means, you know, like nice features. Beautiful eyes are those which have seen the Lord. You know, that is beautiful eyes. And then, um, That intelligence is spotless, like... The white glow of the moon or a shell, which concentrates on Lord Madhava. That intelligence is spotless, which concentrates on Madhava. And that tongue, sa jehva amrita varshini, sa jehva amrita varshini, pratipadam ya narayanam. And that tongue rains down nectar, which constantly glorifies Lord Narayana. Amrita varshini, mrita means what? What is amrita? Amrita means nectar or deathless. Mrita. Mrita means death. Um, Amrita means deathless. In other words, a person who is speaking about Narayana or Krishna, he is Amrita Varshini. He is raining down deathless nectar. That means whoever, when he is chanting about Narayana, glorifying Narayana, glorifying Krishna, then he is, death cannot take it stole on him and not only him whoever hears for them also therefore parikshit maharaj he heard the whole bhagavatam and then he said let that, that takshaka come whatever whatever is bound to come let him come and let him kill me with that curse of the Brahman, let it happen i am i am not afraid because he has heard from Sukadeva goswami and he is not afraid of death because the death, death is fear. I mean, it induces fear because it ends our, 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 all our plans. But the plans of a devotee, first of all, a devotee doesn't have a plan. He is a Nishkama. Nishkama means he, he doesn't have a plan. He just executes Krishna's plan. Krishna said, you hear about me, he will just hear. There is no plan of his own. Even he, he may have plans like, you know, to preach, to the open temples and, you know, all these kinds of plans in Krishna's service. But those are secondary plans. That means, Krishna has already given an order, preach, like Chaitanya Mahaprabhu said, Jare tarikaho Krishna Upadesh, preach. So, a devotee engages his intelligence in plan making on how to execute Krishna's plan. So, he, he he has plans, but they are not his own plans. They are orders taken from Krishna and then using his intelligence, how to execute it in the best possible way, just like um, Hanuman, he was ordered to bring the, uh, what is that, Sanjeevane, herb, when Lakshman was, you know, unconscious and he went there, he went, he flew all the way to the North India and, you know, he, he said, he thought, I am just a monkey, you know, I don't know what is, what is herb, what is the, they said, this is on, on this hill. Uh, so, I do not know how to identify, uh, but then so, he picked up the whole hill and went. So although, uh, one may do not, one may not know, one may not have sophisticated intelligence, like Hanuman, uh, Prabhupada said, after all, he is a monkey. So he did not have the sophisticated intelligence to understand, like what is the Sanjeevani herb, he was not a doctor, he was not highly learned, a monkey after all. But, His buddhi, you see how he used. Uh, He had another advantage, the strength. He lifted the whole hill and went there and let the doctors choose which is Sanjanya and, you know, administer the cure. So, you see how the intelligence is working. So, as long as we serve Krishna to our best capacity. So, the plan, he planned his own way. He, He did not know how to do it. But he planned, he, at that time he had to immediately make a plan of his own. So it is a plan, but it is already the order of the Lord. So he is executing. So that kind of plans, yes. But otherwise, the devotee has no plans for himself. Oh, I should, I should do this devotional service and I have to attain liberation. Yeah, this is my plan. Or I have to attain to the Vaikuntha planet and I want to serve the Lord in this way. No, whatever. The devotee does not make plans that I will I want to serve the Lord in this way. You know, he, devotee means wherever the Lord puts me, whatever service He wants me to do, I ha, I will have to do. That is a devotee. Mm. Vaishnava means any service, whatever, wherever. Not that I want to go to this country and preach there, or I want to do this, and I only do want to do this kind of service in the future. No, no, that kind of plan is that means is not. He doesn't. He does not understand devotional service. This devotee should be able to do anything. Uh, so, coming, so the croaking of toads, if we must talk, we should talk about the uh, Krishna Consciousness movement. Actually, there is another verse also, Tattvam Paramparastan Madhuksharantivam Mudavahani. But anyway, it's the same, it's also from Mukundamala stotram I think it's the 26th verse. But you get the idea. So now, those outside the Krishna consciousness movement are interested in heaps, reading heaps of newspapers, magazines and novels, solving crossword puzzles and doing many other nonsensical things. In that time it was this only, now social media, now so, so many more. Uh, all this is Prajalpa. So many things are going on, unnecessary nonsense, no use for our life. So these are all nonsensical things, not only social media, even private chats with people, you know, like They're very frivolous, nothing serious, nothing just wasting of time. Prabhupada shed tears when he saw the man early morning, he was practicing golf, how to put a ball into the hole. And Prabhupada was taking a morning walk and he saw this and he was shedding tears. What waste of life, you know. You know, just human form of life, you know, how hard it has been to get there, to get here, and then after getting it. He's just wasting away just in putting a ball into a hole. What what is the value of such a life? So, a devotee is always feeling for the others, even though the other person may not feel bad about his own life. When a devotee sees anybody not engaging in Krishna's service, he feels very much um, sad for them. That's why the devotee is called Paradukha Dukhi. Vasudev Ghosh, he said, He said, Vasudev Ghosh was mentioned in that Gaurarati song which we uh, learned about a few days earlier. So Vasudev Ghosh, he was such a Vaishnav that he asked Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, if the suffering of everybody is because of their past karma and that's why they are suffering so horribly in this universe, I, can't, I cannot see them suffering like this. So you please uh, do me a favour, you transfer all their sins, all the millions of souls in the universe transfer all their sins to me and let me suffer but I, I just can't bear to see them suffer I let them go back to Godhead and transfer all the sins to me hmm. uh, so that this universe will become empty so no no need of you know having this universe because it's so uh, painful to see them suffering so then similarly with the Parishit Maharaj. Maharaj <coughs> So, similarly with Pariksit Maharaj, when he was being told the um, uh, hellish planets, the description of the hellish planets, same thing, he uh, said to Sukadeva Goswami, I don't want to hear this anymore, how can they be saved, what can be done, because even if they are going to hell, the atonement is not uh, doing the, uh, um, you know, it's not solving the problem, because after suffering in hell, they come back and do again the same nonsense, how many lives after lives after lives, they are not changing. So, what is the point in hellish punishment? And there is so hard suffering. And then after that, they still don't learn the lesson and then again they will come back to the suffering. No, no, no. What is the better way to, you know, finish all this once and for all? And that's when the holy name, uh, Sukadeva Goswami, he uh, narrated the story of Ajamil. How Ajamil was saved by chanting the holy name and that's how the glories of the holy name and how it will completely... uh, Vidhyai Kantika Nishkritam, Nishkritam means, it will completely finish all the reactions of past deeds, whether so-called pious or impious. As we have already studied yesterday, there is no such thing as actually pious in this world. It is everything as shades of impiety, whether this, you know, the either less impious or more impious, but the less impious, we call it pious. So, just to encourage people to become less sinful. So, it is termed as pious. But actually, anything in this material world, as long as we have turned away from Krishna, the beginning of sin, that is the beginning of sin. So, when Krishna says, you surrender unto me, and aham tvam sarva pape bhyo moksha ishamin. Sarva pape bhyo. So, all the, I will read you of all this uh, papa. It also means the so-called punya, which is actually only papa or sin. It is not pious, piety. So, anyway, moving on. In this fashion, people simply waste their valuable time. In Western countries, old men retired from active life, play cards, fish, you know, they go to for fishing. Hours and hours is sitting there. Here also I see in Singapore, near the river. Yes, you know, sit down, sit down and waste time, complete waste of time. You know, and then watch television. Nowadays that is actually the biggest pastime of everybody. Watching now television is all old school. Now it's a phone. know, phone, they watch their own, I don't know, what is Netflix, Netflix and uh, Amazon has something. So, whatever, you know, they are watching all these things, YouTube and then debate about useless socio-political schemes, you know, talk as if like big, big presidents of countries and then, you know, they should do this, you know, they should do that, you know, this this, this president, you know, he talk like this, this is rubbish, you know, he is like what, you That's why there is a joke, you know, there is this husband and wife. So the husband uh the man he had a friend. He has many friends because they all talk gossip like this, socio political as if the big big thing, you know. So then this friend comes over and he uh, asks this friend how how is it that your family, you know, is is very uh, uh, happy you know you know you're, you you don't have much quarrelling with your wife and all that no why how how are you managing it because in my family my I and my wife are like quarreling like every day so how do you manage then he said hmm, I'll, I'll teach you the trick so I take all the big decisions whereas she takes all the small decisions so there is no conflict she takes all the small decisions I take all the big decisions so and I decide, I decide, and she decides, she decides. So we don't cross either, each other's realm. Oh, then he said, "Wow, that's that's quite you know uh, that's quite doing the trick for you." I think um, so. So what are the, what are the decisions that you take? Maybe um, uh, so groceries, buying of groceries. No, that she does. Okay, so maybe you pay the bills. I think so. No, no, that she does. Um, then you maybe manage the finance, maybe uh, 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 budgeting and no, that all she does. Okay, and maybe you 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 hire the contractors or you know do all the um, home whatever renovation or this. No, that all she does. Then what are you doing? And he said, no, I I discuss about you know what the Donald Trump must do and what Narendra Modi should do and you know all, all those big big decisions I, I I take. So as in other words. He is doing nothing, than talking about all these big big politics and you know, all these things, you know, <laughs> because those are big decisions, right? So this this fellow is sitting and just simply discussing all these big big world politics, and you know, the, as if they are the biggest, you know, all the UN and this and that, and just talking. this, he cannot do anything anyway, just talking. Basically, the wife is doing everything. So this is what this is called prajalpa. All these and other frivolous activities are included in the prajalpa category, intelligent persons interested in Krishna consciousness should never take part in such activities. Now Janasanga, next item that should be avoided if we are desiring advancement in Krishna consciousness is Janasanga, Janasanga refers to associating with persons not interested in Krishna consciousness. One should strictly avoid such association, this is very very important. Especially for devotees, many devotees who are not full time, they are having to associate with Janasanga, Sangha, this worldly minded people uh, in work, at work, at, at school, you know, at various places. So now, this is a big challenge now, it refers to associating with persons not interested in Krishna consciousness, one should strictly avoid such association. Srila Shri, Nar- Shri Narutam Das Thakur has therefore advised us to live only in the association of Krishna conscious devotees, Bhakta Sanevas. There is one nice verse from the Varaha Puran. Let me find out. I actually do not, I did not learn, I did not memorize the Sanskrit of it. Ah, yes. So, actually, we must. This is from Varaha Purana, if I am not wrong. This is quoted in the Chaitanya Charitamrita Madhilila, chapter 22, text 91. Varamhuta, Varamhuta Vahajwala Panjarantarvya Vasthitihi Nashauri Chinta Vimukha Janasamvasa Vaishasam. Varamhuta Vahajwala Panjarantar Vyavasthiti Na Shauri Chinta Vimukha janasamvasa Vaishasam Let's leave the word-to-word. Varam, better, yes. Hutavaha, of fire. Jvala, in the flames. Panjaranta in a cage. Vyavasthiti, abiding. Na, no, not. Shauri Chinta. Shauri Chinta, of Krishna consciousness or thought of Krishna. vimukha bereft jana, shauri chinta vimukha jana, samvasa vaisha, Sam. wow, this is very nice. It is better to accept the miseries of being encaged within bars and surrounded by burning flames than to associate with such, with those bereft of Krishna consciousness. Such association is a very great hardship. So, in fact, this is going on, this, this, verse was quoted by Ramananda Raya, because Chaitanya Mahabrabhu asked him, what is the greatest hardship? The greatest hardship is to be in the association of non-devotees. It is so hard, it is so painful living with them, that it is better to accept the miseries of being encaged within bars, surrounded by burning flames and even in other places even by wild animals and than to associate with those bereft of Krishna consciousness. Such association is a very great hardship. If a devotee does not find it a hardship to associate with non-devotees, that means he is not sufficiently Krishna conscious. If he thinks it is pleasurable, actually it is a hardship, because by associating with them, we imbibe their ideas, their thoughts, their views of life, their understanding of life. So, in this way, we are creating a material concept of life. Although we may hear, yes, we are not the body, we have soul and everything. But then when we go there, we, we have to associate with them and then they will all talk frivolously, prajalpa, this and that. And then we have to appease them. And in this way, we are also dragged into that consciousness. And remember, so the karanam guna janmasu, according to the qualities that we associate with. So, if the if the people you, 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 devoid of Krishna consciousness, they are all in the modes of passion and ignorance. So, by associating with them, we are associating with the modes of passion and ignorance. And karanam guna sangosya sadasadhyoni janmasu. So, we are creating our next body in this material world again, just by associating with those people. Uh, so, and that is a hardship to get another body. How much hardship? Janma, Mrityu, jara, You want to go through this again? Nobody wants to go through it. If given a chance given a choice, but we are given a choice, we are given a choice. You can choose if you don't want or you want to come back here. So it is not that, oh, I don't have a choice, no, fate is something we, which we have created. They say, is there free, what is the difference between free will and fate? If there is fate, where is the uh, scope for free will? And if there is free will, where is the scope for fate? Fate is just a result of the misuse of free will, it's like a criminal, he did some crime and then the judge says, ok, 10 years for you. So now that is fate, when the, you know, t- next 10 years you can't change it, you have to be in the prison, and that's fate, see you can't change it. But you can't change it now, because you have done something in the past, when if you could have if you would have, I mean, if the person would have uh, acted in a proper way, he wouldn't have been sentenced 10 years. So, the fate is created by us. As I say, man is the engineer of, or architect of his, own, of his own destiny. It's true, but of course, the Lord has to give him the facility, just like a criminal, is a, is a criminal, but he still requires, although he tries to flout the law and you know, try to do all kinds of gymnastics and you know, he wants to be an outlaw, but when he is caught, he still needs to depend on the government for his sustenance, but in a much more stringent manner in the prison house. The prison is nothing but a department, one of the departments of the government only. So still for his sustenance, for his punishment, for his existence in the prison, he is basically depending on the government. So the Lord takes care of all the prisoners, the, the outlaws here in this material world, this is a prison house. So when, the, when we are born, our sentence is like the person when he is sentenced, okay, 10 years, that is the beginning of his term of 10 years, which he can't change, he is just going to be there. So similarly, now we have, how, we don't know how many years in this, in this particular life, then there is many many lives as long as we don't become krishna conscious we will be here so that is fate that's because of our previous actions but now what i do will that is my free will so what i do now that will create my fate or destiny in the future is a, is this this as you sow so shall you reap so as you sow the seeds of activity to reap and uh, the the, the fruit of that activity we have to experience. So once you have sown the seed and once the plant is starting to take shape and then the tree comes out, at that time you cannot change. Yes, but at the time of sowing the seed, then there is a choice. Which seed you want to sow? So that free will you have. But once you make the choice, after that you cannot change it. Hmm. provided you have you know once the tree comes out and then once then you can't change it the fruit has to come Uh, suddenly after sowing the seed of a mango oh i want actually an apple Uh, sorry i've already sown the seed of a mango but actually that's what people say oh wish you happy new year wish you a happy birthday wish you a happy this and then and then everybody wished for a happy new year in 2020 right january what happened what happened to the happy new year Why is it not happy? We just wish for each wish each other happy. What is the use of wishing? I always keep telling this. What is the use of wishing each other happy, happy this and happy that? Do something about it. If I if I sow the seed of a a poison fruit, I mean poison tree or whatever, and if I expect a nice mango to come out, wish each other you know let's have mango together you know let's this uh, that is foolishness. We can't wish each other. Whereas we do something else, the seed we have sown something and we are wishing for happiness. We have sown this, I mean, we have sown the seed of sin and expecting happiness. What is that? It's foolishness, absolute, you know, brainlessness. So this wishing happy new year, uh, that's why I don't like to wish anybody happy new year. I don't like to wish. Why? Because I want to tell them, we need to tell them that, no, I'm not going to wish for you. I'm going to give you a process by which you can make this new year and a whole life happy. But you have to take to the process. There's a process. But wishing, just like a businessman, he does not wish for the profits to come and, you know, he become a billionaire. He doesn't wish. He works for it. He makes plans. He works for it hard, day and night. Nobody wishes and it happens. When, When anything ever happened just by wishing? No. You have to work towards it. So, similarly, happiness... Is also something which we have to work towards. There is a process how to get that happiness. So, if we just can't wish for it and do all nonsense eating meat, illicit sex, gambling, intoxication, and then I wish, wish each other happy new year, happy this and where it will happen. That's why 2020 is a nice example. Oh, everybody said happy new year, happy new year. Yeah, now they are encaged. <laughs> Here it is, you see, it is better to accept the miseries of being encaged within bars. And surrounded by burning flames, Burning flames have not has not happened yet. But at least we are engaged by within bars. Huh? <laughs> it is better like this than to associate with those bereft of Krishna consciousness. You see how coronavirus has brought about a situation now. We are all engaged. We are not associating with worldly minded people outside. Of course, people, you can still engage with your mobile phone and everything. But you see, it is much, very much minimized. And actually, the earth is much more purer now. I mean, pollution has, levels have gone down the fuel intake has gone down, carbon emissions have gone down, I mean industrial waste, everything has gone down. In fact, uh, there, is a, there was a video clip, somebody sent me in WhatsApp, there was a Mustafa Centre, you know, there is a big, very popular shopping centre here and outside the Mustafas, some wild animals were, you know, co- what is that, um, otter. otter. otters, otters, one whole family of otters were there on the street, right in the middle of in Singapore, <laughs> they never dared to come, I mean, Humans were always, you know, there. But when the humans are all missing, wild animals from somewhere in the forest, I don't know where they came from. So many otters there on the road. You know, everybody having fun time now. It seems in Africa, some lions are all on the road and everything. You know, elephants are all coming out in Kerala it seems. So, lockdown and then Kerala, until now, the animals were in lockdown. Now, humans are in lockdown. So, you know, <laughs> you just, you know, this, this is, Karma, you see, and uh, coronavirus is teaching us a very uh, valuable lesson. It is better to accept the miseries of being encaged within bars. It is better to be locked down and surrounded by burning flames even than to associate with those bereft of Krishna consciousness. Such association is a very great hardship. For a devotee who relishes the association of devotees, for him it is painful to associate with them. It is even irritating its everything. But if those, if devotees don't, un, sometimes don't understand, not you know, you know uh, strong enough to understand that that association is a hardship and they're like friendly with them and you know, like joking around and you know, talking all the nonsense that they're talking. They don't understand it's a hardship, but it is a hardship because by doing that, they're sowing the seeds of future hardship. Now it doesn't look like much. So karma is like, like a credit card, you know. When you spend it, ah, you feel like a king, live life king size. When the bill comes, then you live life in the mental hospital, you know, become, become crazy because of the, you know, the tension, mentally, you know, deranged will become. So that time it will hit us, hit us very hard. So cra- karma is like that, now you enjoy, yes, now, but later when it hits back, the karma hits back, that time it is going to be very bad. So, Narutam Das Thakur has a, therefore advised us to live only in the association of Krishna conscious devotees. Bhakta Sanevas, Live in the association of devotees. Uh, Bhaktivana Thakur has quoted from Ramanujacharya. He said, if you have any problem in life, anything that is disturbing you and you, you do not know how to get rid of it and you have committed offense, whatever it is, the best way to solve the problem. Just go and sit in, in the midst of the Vaishnavas. Just go and sit. Whether they speak to you, whether they don't, whether they give you whatever it is, just go and sit with them. Your problems will be solved. If you do not know, if you are if you are at a complete loss to understand how to solve a problem, just sit and, sit with Vaishnavas. That's it. Ramanajasarya has said. So Bhakti thakur has quoted that. I, maybe somebody, if they w- can bring up the quote, it will be nice in the comment section, maybe we can look it up, look it up uh, later on. But that is the point, you know, in the association of Vaishnavas, it's the most peaceful place in the world, nothing is as peaceful. But if I commit offence to Vaishnavas, even the association of Va- Vaishnava, the association will become like fire, like as if I am put in fire. If I offend the Vaishnavas, just like Durvasamuni, he felt the fire because he offended Ambarish Maharaj. So, in the association of devotees, it is the safest place, but when you offend them, that becomes fire, We cannot bear to live with them, then we want to run away from them. So, that's why Bhaktasanevas is good, but at the same time, we have to be submissive in the presence of Vaishnavas. One should always engage in the service of the Lord, in the association of Lord's devotees, Uh, not as just serving the Lord uh, on my own. Prabhu, I am also doing Krishna worship, you know sometimes people innocently they are doing it, but you know they send some pictures of their home altar, you know like, uh, you know this is my Krishna, this is my decoration, I did this, you know, it's good. The best thing is to serve Krishna in the association of devotees. Because that's where the real worship is, in the association of devotees. Hmm. Because so many things we may do wrong. When we are alone, we can't even know what we are doing wrong. And in the association of devotees, we actually understand. And also, our mind, in the home, there is an altar, yes, and everything. But then the mind is distracted with so many things. The concentration of the mind upon Krishna is the sum and substance of all spiritual practice. It's not about the service that we do, This, and all that service, it is important, but the whole point of all doing every service and this and that, all kinds of engagement is for one thing, to control our mind and fix it on Krishna. That is the whole point. Why this elaborate deity worship? This is also, in the temple is elaborate deity worship is also to make us fix the mind on Krishna, that's it, the whole point is that, but if we are doing everything and our mind is somewhere else, then the whole point is missed, mm. so in the association of devotees, our mind, because we hear from them about Krishna, then we engage in Krishna's service so many ways, you know, so in that way, this is very good. Mm. Association with those engaged in a similar line of business is very conducive to advancement in that business. Consequently, materialistic persons form various associations and clubs to enhance their endeavors. So you understood that. So, association with those engaged in similar line of business is very conducive, that is why there are associations. Like you see, for example, in the business world we find such institutions as the stock exchange and chamber of commerce, similarly we have established. The International Society for Krishna Consciousness to give people an opportunity to associate with those who have not forgotten Krishna. So, there is business associations, there are, you know, different clubs, maybe soccer club, cricket club, maybe this, you know, like basketball, you know, associations, like what is that? National Basketball Association, I don't know, NBA, they call it. So, in this way, there are so many associations for people who have a similar interest. Even in Facebook, there are groups, there are interests, you know. So people of similar interests, they can congregate in a certain way. So same thing, when applied to, but all those desire, I mean all those topics are Prajalpa. There are millions of kinds of association. So there is a verse in the second canto, Sukadeva Goswami is saying that, there are thousands of topics for non-devotees to talk about. Ni rajendra Niranam Those persons who are materially engrossed, being blind to the knowledge of uh, ultimate truth, have many subject matters for hearing in the human society, O Emperor. Many subject matter, thousands, sahastrasaha means thousands thousands and millions of subjects to talk about uh, all prajalpa mm. Mm. So we have to avoid we have to avoid that association there is another verse also similarly in the mukundamala stotram so this is the 38th verse of the mukundamala stotram yes Ascharya Meta manushya Loke Sudham Paritaja Vishampibanti Namaninara Yanagocharani Tyaktvanya Vacha Kuhaka Patanti Kuhaka means rogues, so patanti means they recite. See the greatest wonder in human society is this people are so incorrigible that they reject the life-giving nectar of Lord Narayana's names and instead drink poison by speaking everything else, so many topics. Uh, life-giving nectar is like Amrita, Amrita Varshini Pratipadam Narayanam Ya Narayanam. So the tongue which is glorifying the Lord is raining nectar. Um, so those incorrigible people they reject this life giving nectar and instead drink the poison by speaking everything else sudham parityajya visham pibanti sudha means nectar amrita uh, sudham parityajya visham pibanti, they drink nec- they drink poison they choose to drink poison what kind of foolish people they are so he is saying So, there are similar associations which promote different kinds of topics. Therefore, Prabhupada says, similarly, we have established the International Society for Krishna Consciousness to give people an opportunity to associate with those who have not forgotten Krishna. This spiritual association offered by our ISKCON movement is increasing day by day. Many people from different parts of the world are joining the society to awaken the Dormant Krishna Consciousness. so therefore, we we encourage everyone to join our movement and hear about Krishna. Our movement is about to how to further our mind, uh, the focus of our mind on Krishna. So that is the whole purpose of our movement. That's why devotees should not stay aloof from the movement, from the devotees, from the temple because this association is created to further the interests of the devotees and in the association of devotees, it becomes very pleasurable and not only that, one becomes inspired just by seeing another devotee, seeing another devotee just like we read in the uh, regarding inattentive chanting, the advice from Srila Bhaktivinoda Thakur, how to get rid of laziness or how to get rid of all our anarthas in uh, devotional life. When we see another devotee with nice qualities and you know with nice Uh, service and nice chanting, you know nice, then we get inspired, oh that devotee is doing so nicely, I also want to do something like that. So we get inspired, but if you have no association of devotees, whom will we get inspired from? It is very hard to get inspired, because alone maya will just slowly, slowly and slowly, it will spiral us downwards Uh, and our enthusiasm, everything drops, Uh, that's how maya works. Because the more we engage with Janasanga and engage in Prajalpa, then we do Atyahara and Prayasa. Actually, Atyahara, correcting more funds and over endeavouring for material objectives, all this starts from Janasanga. Every other thing, all the six things that are mentioned here Atyahara, Prayasascha, Prajalpa, Nemagraham, Janasangascha, Laulyamcha. So, in all this, the Janasanga is the worst because it is the root cause of every other thing. So when we associate with worldly minded people, they talk about you know, how to earn money, how to become more rich, and how to, how this scheme is better, that scheme. Then we also will want to atyahara, accumulate more money than required. Then um, or they eat atyahara, they eat anything and everything. That is also they will invite us also for their for their lunch or dinner. And then there is a pr- prayasa to get that funding or you know, get the money, chasing money, that is a you know well, chasing wealth is the most miserable thing. So it does not give happiness at all, I think there is a verse also like that, uh, nityarth Dena Vithyana, uh, what is that? nityarth Dena Vithyana let us go, I think 11 3, 19. wealth is a perpetual source of distress. You know, Nityartidena vittena griha kapri Wealth is a perpetual source of distress. To in The endeavor to earn it is a distressful one. Once you have it, then it's another distress to keep it and to keep it safe. Just like rich people, they have 20 bodyguards, you know. They cannot come out properly in, to, onto the street freely. You don't have even that freedom. So, in fact, it is said by Shankaracharya, a rich man must fear his own son because his son may kill him or his son may swindle that money and then, you know, he just misuse the whole money, everything. So, a rich man has to fear his own son even. So, this is the way of wealth. It is a perpetual source of distress. It is most difficult to, difficult to acquire and it is virtual death for the soul. Because in that consciousness of earning wealth, our entire spiritual life is compromised. So, it is death for the soul. Therefore, what satisfaction does one actually gain from his wealth? Similarly, how can one enjoy any genuine happiness from those things that are gained or maintained by one's hard-earned money such as home, children, relatives and domestic animals since they are all temporary? There is another nice verse. Um this is in the eighth contour think um uh, eight dot twenty two dot nine, yeah. Eight dot twenty two dot nine, yes. <coughs> <laughs> Very nice verse. Prabhupada always used to say this many times Svajanakya He always used to say this word. Whenever he you know, referring to relatives, he will say this, dasya. What is the use of the material body which automatically leaves its owner at the end of life? Na yon and what is the use of all one's family members who are actually plunderers, taking away money that is useful for the service of the Lord in spiritual opulence? See? When the wife takes the money out of the pocket, out of the wallet, uh, then the husband will say, oh, darling, yes, yes, you use. Then when the thief takes the wallet, then he will call police and everything. But when the wife takes, oh, darling, yes, yes, you shop. You no, know? It's the same thing. He earned, he earned it very hard and she's taking. Actually, that wealth is supposed to be used. Like we have uh, we have read that atyahara we should not acquire more money than required but you may ask some people they are blessed with more money they are born into you know rich families what do what they should do they leave everything and live in a cottage if they can well and good but the main thing is this whenever we have any extra like extra wealth for example than required what to do with that wealth that wealth is a blessing because it can be used in the service of Krishna. If you donate that wealth to the Vaishnavas who are, you know, serving Krishna to the Krishna consciousness movement, that is a source of actually liberation. So, anything extra that we have, we have to just live by the basics. But then, if we have extra on top of that, that is actually meant for serving the devotees of the Lord. And serving the devotees doesn't mean the devotees don't want any comfort for themselves. They want to serve the Lord in a more and more opulent way and they want to propagate the message in a more wider way. It is ne- the, the donations for the temple are never enough. How can they be enough? Because how much work there is? You see how much of the world is in turmoil because of lack of Krishna consciousness. And as long as even a single person is remaining without being Krishna conscious, there is work for the temple. And there are billions of people not Krishna conscious. So there is unlimited work for the temple. So the more there is opportunity, the more we can grow, the more we can grow, the more we can grow, you know. Just like uh, the Matsya avatar, Matsya avatar. I don't know if you know the history, the Lord who came as a fish Matsya avatar. So he came as a very small fish in the in the hands of the king, and then oh, he you know he put in a small container like that, and next day he became too big for that container, and then he put in a bigger aquarium, and the next day he became big so big that you know the aquarium cannot fit. Then he be, one um, bigger tank, and next day it became so big that it cannot move within the tank. It's so big, and like this it became so big. That it became bigger than the earth bigger than you know it's so huge in the universal waters of devastation it it was navigating the waters of devastation you know and saving he, he saved the vedas the lord saved the vedas in that form in the eighth kanto there is that uh, avatar also is described you can go and read that so the point is when there is a when you think okay this fish is this big so okay the, give this much of water But it is not an ordinary fish. It is the Lord who came in the form of a fish. So, a devotee is just like Prabhupada. When he went to America, nobody knew him. He had 40 rupees in his pocket. He was Krishna conscious. He was as Krishna conscious when he stepped onto the Jaladutham as he was at the time of his passing away from this physical world. He was the same Krishna conscious. But his activities increased, increased, increased unlimitedly. In the last 12 years especially of his life, he went there. And he was, somehow or other, he was given some facility by some, you know, some hippies were there, and they rented out a place, 26 second avenue, and it was a small storefront, Prabhupada was doing his business. And then, when there was um, opportunity, then he opened, he opened, he opened more centres, more centres, more temples, more, and then he became worldwide, you know, as much, if he got more money, he, he will increase even more. He was asking, whenever he met any government official, and you give us chance to do Sankirtan, all your problems will be solved. You don't need to spend billions of dollars on crime prevention, on drug, what is it, uh, how to prevent uh, addiction to drugs. All this, I, I will take care. You just give me the chance that we can openly congregate and chant the holy name and discuss the Bhagavad Gita. You just give us this chance. How did I, Prabhupada always gave the showed his disciples. They were hippies, now they are happies. How? They chanted, that's all. They Because these government officers, they come to Prabhupada and because Prabhupada has done something that they could not do. You know, Prabhupada has, you know, governments have been spending billions of dollars to convert people into, you know, take them out of drug abuse or something like that. But, Prabhupada just did it free. He didn't spend any any money. He collected money in the the meantime, (laughs) as donations. And then he, he increased his temples and everything, he increased and increased the number of people, everything. How? Because he gave... Krishna. So by Harinam, by Prasadam, by this this knowledge of Bhagavad Gita, chanting, everything will, all the good qualities will manifest. So Prabhupada was always increasing, asking for more facility, more facility. It is never enough. Oh yeah, you know, sometimes, you know, the government officers also, you know, they ask, how many people you have, you know, in the temple? Oh, this many. Okay. So, I think the place is enough for you. Right? No, it is not enough. It is never enough. Because, we want more and more people, more and more people. Just like now, this COVID-19, the, the hospitals are not enough. They are making a, in Singapore, there is an exhibition center. They made that whole exhibition center into a hospital, you know, into, you know, like, you know, beds and everything, facilities for, uh, what is that, isolation of the COVID patients. And everywhere, all over the world, there there's expanding, expanding, it's not enough. It's increasing, increasing, because the patients are all, in the material world, everybody is a patient. They are all patients. Everybody is diseased. So this hospital is not enough, and it will never be enough. All the seven billion people of the world have to be, you know, catered to, catered for. So like that, the Lord, you know, is is unlimited. So all the money, any extra that we have, should be given to the service. So. When the family members take it, it was supposed to be used for service of the Lord and then that would you know, liberate me from the karma bandha, but now it is being used. So, what is the use of family members who are actually plunderers, taking away money that is useful for the service of the Lord and spiritual opulence? Then he say, then the verse says, what is the use of a wife? She is only the source of increasing material conditions. Uh, Kim jaya samsritihetu bhutaya. Mm. Samsritihetu increasing the material, you know, uh, world, I mean, I, sthri means expansion, uh, I mean, one who expands. So, the sthri, three, uh, the wife, she expands the influence of one's family and in this way increases the illusion, ahamameti. and what is the use of family, home, country and community? Attachment for them merely wastes the valuable energy of one's lifetime. It is a waste. Actually, it's a complete waste. You you look at an old man and you see, I mean, what has he done the whole life? That old man is just a reflection of us because we are doing the same thing. If you are not engaging in Krishna's service, look at an old man, what is he doing? He's just worrying about his health. He's just, you know, getting tensed up because of some family issues. I mean he has no idea of who he is, he is already at the fag end of his life, completely wasted his life. So, will we? would we want to be in that position where our whole life was nothing but a waste? Then we will, we will regret unnecessarily. Uh, so, now is the time to to undo that or not go into that path. We have now the free will. Let it not become the fate when Nothing else can be changed. Now it can be changed. Now we have intelligence, we can use. However many lives, uh, however many years we have in this life. We have something, at least we have some sound mind and intelligence now. Uh, Not at the fag end of a life where we are in coma or you know, where our organs have all failed. When we have no intelligence, no more, maybe we get an Alzheimer's disease and we forget everything and can't even have a proper conversation. Instead of being in that position, now when we are proper, Let us use it in Krishna's service and increase our devotional life. Um, So now, Śrīla Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur writes in his Anuvrithi commentary, Anuvriti commentary means the title of the commentary of his, his commentary on the nectar of instruction Upadesha Amrita that is called Anuvrithi. So, Anuvrithi, he writes in his Anuvrithi commentary that too much endeavour to acquire knowledge on the part of mental speculators or dry philosophers, falls within the category of atyahara, collecting more than needed, this is what I am saying, collecting more knowledge as part of, uh, I mean like mental speculating and you know dry philosophy. Uh, Reading about Krishna from authorized devotee, from Prabhupada's books, that is not atyahara. You, you must read as much as possible. Whatever is revealed by Krishna, whatever is revealed by Prabhupada, we have to read. Prabhupada, in fact, scolded his devotee, his disciples many times. Why are you not reading my books? I am night and day, I am spending writing these books, uh, sacrificing my sleep, sacrificing my health. For what? For you to read. So, he wanted the devotees to read completely and read again and again scrutinizingly. It's like Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, they read, he heard the pastimes of Dhruva Maharaj, Prahla, Prahlad Maharaj, hundreds and hundreds of times. You know. And we have to read these books over and over and over and over again. We can never finish reading them. Prabhu, I finished Bhagavatam. That means the person has never understood what is Bhagavatam also. Yeah. Because how many how many times we have read Bhagavatam, we can never fathom its depths. It is, it is un- indefinitely deep. You know. So, uh, atyahara, too much speculating, too much collecting of knowledge from Avaishnava, any Avaishnava, only Vaishnava knowledge received from a proper pure devotee Vaishnava like Prabhupada, that is proper uh, knowledge. Any other knowledge acquired from dry philosophy or even Avaishnavas, sometimes they even write on Bhagavad Gita, Bhagavatam, their commentary, useless, absolute rubbish, it is rubbish, it can be thrown in the dustbin, that is not Bhagavad Gita. Bhagavad Gita is, is when its mission is purely presented, that is Bhagavad Gita. If a Bhagavad Gita so-called, his name is Bhagavad Gita, but inside it is another opinion, that rascal has put his own opinion and covering Krishna's opinion, that is not Bhagavad Gita. And There is not even Gita, it is rubbish, it's a, it can be thrown in the dustbin straight. Hmm. There's no There is no harm in that at all, there is no offence in that. So, according to Srimad Bhagavatam, the endeavour of philosophical speculators to write volumes of books on dry philosophy devoid of Krishna consciousness is entirely futile. So it's a pilgrimage for crows. Nayadvachas Chitra padam show. We have already seen that verse. The rubbish literature is a place of pilgrimage for crows. The work of Karmis who write volumes of books on economic development also falls within the category of Atyahara. There are so many who teach how to earn money. Now, there is also fall in the category of Atyahara. Similarly, those who have no desire for Krishna consciousness and who are simply interested in possessing more and more material things, either in the shape of scientific knowledge or monetary gain, are all included under the control of Atyahara. Now scientists are trying to go to Mars, are trying to go to moon, and all this, you know, childish. Fantasies—they're trying to um, waste people's money and to do all these things. Now, this is all atyahara and, and prayas. How much prayas? How much over endeavoring is that? You know, make a huge spacecraft and you know, go somewhere, and then maybe even die in the meantime in space. There's so many dangers, but they want to you know do all this because they have no un- understanding of what is life. I just want to see if I'm in frame. Yeah. Okay. Similarly, those who have no desire for Krishna consciousness, sorry. So we have read this. So, possessing more and more material things, either in the shape of scientific knowledge or monetary gain, are all included under in the under the control of atyahara. Karmis labor to accumulate more and more money for future generations only because they do not know their future position, that is why actually they accumulate money for future generation, they do not know what is their future position, they are, uh, if now Prabhu, Prabhupada will say very nicely, uh, yeah, yes, very nice example Prabhupada is giving here. Interested, see, okay, we have noted again, Karmis labor to accumulate more and more money for future generations only because they do not know their future position. Interested only in getting more and more money for their sons and grandsons, such foolish persons do not even know that what their position is going to be in the next life. There are many incidents that illustrate this point. Once, this is actually a historical fact, this I think happened in India only. So, he remembered his past life. So, anyway, we will read the story. You see, once a great karmi accumulated a vast fortune for his sons and grandsons. But later, according to his karma, he took his birth in a cobbler's house located near the building, which in his previous life he had constructed for his children. Hmm? He became now a cobbler nearby only, nearby his home. It so happened that when this very cobbler came to his former house, because he remembered and he wanted to come and tell them that, no, I am the same person, actually I am your father and all that, but he was a cobbler now. It so happened that when this very cobbler came to his former house, his former sons and grandsons beat him with shoes. Unless the karmis and jnanis become interested in Krishna consciousness, they will simply continue to waste their life in fruitless activities. Sometimes they say, Oh, yeah, yeah, I cannot take anything with me, but I I want to secure the future of my sons and grandsons. So that they can beat me with shoes. I will secure the future of my sons and grandsons, so that when I come back, I will be beaten with shoes or if I become a cockroach, they will put on spray on me and then kill me. You know, and so for that I will secure their future, so that my own future is compromised. So, this is the point, mm. this foolishness, we don't understand how karma is working, which is the reason why people want to accumulate more and more and more and more. Accepting some of the scriptural rules and regulations for immediate benefit as utilitarians advocate is called Niyama Agraha. <coughs> and neglecting the rules and regulations of the Shastras, which are meant for spiritual development, is called Niyama Agraha. Okay, now the next tu- next item. Niyama Agraha. What is utilitarians? So they are like, you know, they make use of everything, utilitarian, designed to be useful or practical rather than attractive, Hmm, So utilitarian means, designed to be useful or practical rather than attractive. So sometimes people, you know, they are practical, you know, they call themselves practical people, pragmatic people. Say, you know, yeah, you follow the scriptural rules and regulations for the immediate benefit. So, sometimes you say, for example, um, uh, what a good example is, okay, say, Vastu, for example, Vastu, Vastu is, a, you know, geomancy, geomancy is, you know, the art of placement of, you know, what is the shape of the house and, you know, all these things. So, which corner, which, I mean, which direction, which has to be kept and what, this is called geomancy. So anyway, so this Vastu Shastra, they use it oh, uh, because oh, if you want wealth, you know, if you want uh, prosperity, then you know, this thing has to be kept in this part of the house and the house should be of this shape and that this thing. So they use scriptural rules. It is Vastu Shastra. It is actually a Shastra. But actually, the whole point of the whole thing is just how to increase our Krishna consciousness. Yes, there is. Shastra of how the placement is there, that is there. But the main point is Krishna Consciousness. If after having all that thing, but if you fail failed to come to Krishna Consciousness, if you have a perfect Vastu, and no Krishna Consciousness. And what is the use? In fact, nowadays, some of the stupid Swamis, you know, so-called Swamis, they, and they are talking and they have millions of followers on, on social media. They are saying, one of them, not only one of few of them, but one of the popular guys. So, he was saying that, um, a temple is a place where you know there is energy, you know, there is some energy. You you revitalize yourself, you recharge yourself when you go there. So that's why you have to go to a temple. You know the, the worship of the Lord and how to become a devotee of the Lord that is not mentioned. Krishna when he said Manmana, Madhyaji, Mam Namaskuru, none of those four things are advocated by these people. Manmana means always think of me. Ma become my devotee. Madhyaji, worship me, and Maam Namaskuru pay obeisances to me. These rascals, they will never say any of these four, they will never advocate for the submission to Krishna, but they say, oh temple is a place where you recharge because there is some energy there, so that you feel more energized and so that you can uh, do you, what you are doing with more uh, positivities and all this uh, rubbish positivity, they use the word positivity in everything. Where is positivity? Positive means you do something Krishna conscious, otherwise it is all negative only. So, this is not a place where you know, where one comes and you know, receives some inspiration to do his uh, idea. You know, some people, they say like, oh, I got an epiphany. You know, I got, a, I got this, um, you know, this epiphany. Epiphany means like, like a sudden awakening that you know, I was sitting in the temple. and you know, I, Then I suddenly have, have this awakening of a, of a business model, an idea or, or, or a service that I want to provide to the world. I think this is my calling. I think God has put me into this world uh, to do this for the people. You know, we all have a reason why we are here. We have to do something, you know, so you have to find your own calling, rubbish, absolute rubbish. Hmm? We are all put here only with just for one single reason and that is to become Krishna conscious. That's all. You know, we are not sent here by Krishna to help people with, you know, opening schools and opening hospitals or opening, you know, doing this, no, no, not at all. We are put here because we have been rascals, we have completely disobeyed him. So, now we are put here for our own rectification, make our life successful by following the instructions of Krishna. That's all. Don't imagine anything else. Nothing else is the goal of one, our work in this material world. So these people, they accept, okay, temple good and everything good, but it is for my own, my own, it is not about Krishna, you know, getting devoted to him. No, that is not the aim see they follow some rules and regulations like that uh, inferior rules but they forget the real rule Smartavya satatam vishnur vismartavyo na sarva veda sarva all the rules and regulations of the vedas are just meant to serve the two principles one is always remember krishna second one is don't ever forget him that is the real rules Everything else is supposed to serve those two rules, but if you're doing all these two rules, but we have forgotten these two rules, I mean, we have if you're doing all these rules and forgotten these two rules, you have missed the whole point. So that is called niyama agraha. So the word niyama agraha can be two ways: niyama agraha and niyama agraha. Both will become niyama agraha when joined together. The word becomes niyama agraha sandhi joining of the two words so niyama agraha niyama agraha so niyama means rules agraha means too much acceptance of rules to the point that we forget the aim of the following those rules that is niyama agraha or the niyama agraha means not even accepting the rules necessary for achieving our aim that means suppose we in our society we have to chant 16 rounds every day and we have to follow the four principles. But if I am, if I am not serious in following them, that means I am not even accepting those rules which I have to accept in, for advancement, if I am neglectful of those rules, that is Niyama Agraha, not following enough rules or sometimes it is the other way around, following all rules except the real thing, the remembrance of Krishna. So, this is Niyama Agraha, accepting some of the scriptural rules and regulations for immediate benefit as utilitarians advocate is called Niyama Agraha and neglecting the rules and regulations of Shastras which are meant for spiritual development is called Niyama Agraha. The word Agraha means eagerness to accept and Agraha means failure to accept. By the addition of either of these two words to the word Niyama, rules and regulations, the word Niyamagraha Agraha is formed. Thus niyam Agraha has a two-fold meaning that is understood according to the particular combination of words. Those interested in Krishna consciousness should not be eager to accept rules and regulations for economic advancement, yet they should very faithfully accept scriptural rules and regulations for the advancement of Krishna consciousness. They should strictly follow the regulative principles by avoiding illicit sex, meat-eating, gambling and intoxication. This one we have to follow. Uh, But in the Vedas there are other other rules also. Those are not as necessary to follow as these things. One should also avoid association with Mayavadis who simply blaspheme Vaishnavas, devotees. See, one should also avoid association with Mayavadis. Mayavadis means who? Whoever is an impersonalist, who does not say that Krishna is the supreme personality of Godhead, we cannot associate with them. Association does not mean only say, hello, how are you physically reading their books, watching their videos or anything, anything to do with them we cannot it will spoil our devotion that's why chaitanya mahaprabhu said mayavad sunile hoy sarvanash Mayavadi Bhashya Jiver Nestar Lagi Sutra Koilavyas Mayavadi Bhasha Sunila Hoy Sarvanas Madhya Madhirira Chachana Chaitanya Chapter six uh, text one sixty nine Srila Vyasadev presented the Vedanta philosophy for the deliverance of conditioned souls, but if one hears the commentary of Shankaracharya, everything is spoiled. It's Mayavad Bhashya Shankaracharya has advocated this. Everything is spoiled. Sarvanash. So we cannot associate with Mayavadi's who simply blaspheme Vaishnavas. Uh, you may say, oh the Prabhu, they never talked anything bad about the Vaishnavas. You know, they're just promoting their own philosophy. Yeah, that at I mean, that by itself is blaspheming the Vaishnavas. Because Vaishnavas stand for Krishna in, as a person, and by just speaking about Him in an impersonal way, they are blaspheming the Vaishnavas. They blaspheme them, and they blaspheme the Lord also. Uh, they advocate this, oh, you know, impersonalistic philosophy, as if that is the highest. So they are always blasphemers of Vaishnavas, although they may not even explicitly say it by implicitly, by just by doing their nonsense. They are blaspheming Krishna and the Vaishnavas. kamis who are interested in material happiness, Muktikamis, who desire liberation by merging in the existence of the formless absolute Brahman, and Siddhikamis, who desire the perfection of mystic yoga practice, are classified as atyaharis. See, Bhaktisiddhansarasavya Thakur is extending the definition of atyahara, not just eating more than necessary and collecting more funds, but Bhuktikami Muktikami Siddhikami. Bhukti Mukti Siddhikami Sakaliya Shanta. Krishna Bhakta Nishka Mataeva This is where is this word coming from Buktikami Muktikami Siddhikami? This is, this is coming from this Chaitanya charitamata verse. So, Madhya Lila, 19th chapter, 149th verse. Krishna Bhakta Shanta Bhukti Siddhikami Sakaliya Shanta Because a devotee of Lord Krishna is desireless, He is peaceful. He is peaceful. Fruitive workers desire material enjoyment. Bhukti Kami, Bhukti Kami. Gyanis desire liberation, kami, and Yogis desire material opulence, kami. Therefore, they are all lusty and cannot be peaceful. And for achieving their ends, they will go to, go to great lengths of prayasa or endeavor, endeavor, read so many books or do so much endeavor to earn money or uh, practice very, very severe austerity to get their Yoga Siddhis all of them are atyaharis and also engaged in prayasa, un- over endeavouring for material objectives. So therefore, Bhakti Saraswati Thakur said, we cannot associate with any of them, are only associate with devotees who are actually doing the real thing. Mm. To associate with such persons is not at all desirable. So Bhuktikāmes who are interested in material happiness, Mukti-kami's who desire liberation by merging in the existence of the formless absolute Brahman, and Siddhi-kami's who desire the perfection of mystic yoga practice are classified as Atyaharis. To associate with such persons is not all, not at all desirable. Desires to expand the mind by perfecting mystic yoga, merging in the existence of Brahman, or attaining whimsical material prosperity are all included within the category of greed. To have such desires to, you know. Um, become a big yogi become a big jnani become a big uh, what is that uh, businessman or anybody wealthy person in this world are all greed lauliam lauliam is the next item which is greed greed is greedy for mundane o- objectives all these are mundane not just greedy means oh going after wealth the gyani is not greedy because he is he is renounced He's you know Um, concentrating on Brahman and, you know, his uh, dry philosophy without Krishna Bhakti. He is also a greedy man because he wants to become one with the Lord. Whereas the material person, materialist, ordinary materialist, he wants to be a big man in this this world. Whereas the Jnani wants to become so big that he wants to become one with the Lord. Oh, I also, you know, they say, all these these, um, impersonalists, they say, That, once we are liberated, we also become one with that advaita, uh, you know, that that Brahman. We also become Brahman. They say, Aham Brahmasmi. You know, I also become one with the Supreme Truth. Rabbish. Um, We will never become the Supreme Truth. One, becoming one with the Supreme Truth means becoming one in quality, not in quantity. Aham Brahmasmi, but I am Aham Na Parabrahmasmi not Aham Parabrahmasme. That's why there are two words, Brahma and Parabrahma. Why? Uh, Yes, Aham Brahmasme means, I am spirit soul. I am not this body, that's all. Aham Brahmasme. It's not that you are, you know, you are actually the Parabrahma. No, Parabrahma is Krishna. Param Brahma, Param Dham, Pavitram, Paramam Bhavan, Arjuna is saying. So, uh, but, so that's why they are greedy, these jnanis. Because, they want to not just be a big man in this world, which the materialists want. So, the Gyanis, they look like more renunciants, more more aloof from the world and you know like not greedy, but they are more greedy, more greedy than the uh, Karmis, because they want to become one with the Lord, they want to become Aham Parabrahmasme. They won't say it, because they don't ha- have the idea of a distinction between Brahma and Parabrahma. They say Aham Brahmasme. They say, the ultimate which people call as God is actually Brahma and I will also become Brahma when I liberate. So, they want to become one with the Lord. They want to become bigger than anyone else. So, that is greed. And the yogis, they they are also they want to become big yogis, master of yoga. You know, they want to control many things. In yoga, Siddhi, there is Ishita, Vasita, Prakamya, there is... Uh, Kama vasayita, so many, you know, the, let's see the eight ashtasiddhis, the eight kinds of perfections of yoga. You see, oh, this is 11, 15, 4 and 5. 11th canto, 15, chapter 4 and 5. All the 8 uh, primary mystic perfections are mentioned here, mm, we will just read the English. Among the 8 primary mystic perfections, the 3 by which one transforms one's own body are Anima, Anima becoming smaller than the smallest, Mahima becoming greater than the greatest and Laghima becoming lighter than the lightest. In these 3 ways, they can change their own body, mm, they can switch their body, you know, they can become whatever they want. Through the perfection of prapti, there is the next, prapti, one acquires whatever one desires and through prakamya siddhi, one experiences any enjoyable object either in this world or the next. Hmm. Through ishita siddhi, one can manipulate the subpotencies of maya and through the controlling potency of Vasya. So, what is the subpotencies of maya, like for example, um, Vishwamitra, he created a, a planet No. He created a planet of his own. How is that possible? So, this is manipulating the subpotencies of Maya. So, Maya, the nature's laws are there. But by Yoga Siddhi, we can manipulate that Hmm. and make it their own way. So, this is called Ishita Siddhi. Prakamya means one can experience any enjoyable object, either in this world or the next. The yogi is they can touch the moon with their finger. They can actually do that. So, these are uncommon, you can never hear of these things, but they can do it. They they can also travel on sunlight. They can take advantage of the sunlight, the rays of the sun and they become so light, the laghima, um, yeah laghima, Siddhi, becoming lighter than the lightest. They travel using the sun's rays and they go to other planets using that. Uh, So, these things are unknown to modern man, these ways of travel. And some people, they, they travel using their own mind. Like Prabhupada said, there are yogis, now so even in Himalayas, where they are sitting in one cave and they do chardham yatra within one hour and bathe in all the holy places and come back and sit in their cave again in Himalayas. That means, they bathe in Badrikashram, Badrinath, and then they go down to Jagannathpuri and bathe there. And then they go to Rameshwaram, which is, I don't know if you know the geographical locations of all these places, Badrinath is right at the north of India and near the Himalayan region and then, I mean in the Himalayas and then the Jagannath Puri is on the east coast of India and then the Rameshwaram is way at the south, at the tip, southern tip of India and Dwarka is at the western. So the east, north, east, west, south, everything they cover Char Dham, the four holy place, Char means four, Dham means holy place. So it's four places of pilgrimage they travel in one hour take bath there and come back and sit there in their cave and their hair is all wet from that bath so the yogis can do that so you see how how intoxicating who doesn't want this kind of powers like it's like a superman you know better than the spiderman and all these things who can just like this like this fly and you know what they are doing you know, not even true it's just fantasy. But these yogis are actually moving much faster than so-called Spider-Man and all this. Uh. Ishita, one can manipulate the sub of Maya, like Kardamamani, he created an airplane which can travel all over the universe and he took his wife and not just airplane means you know, sit down, seat belt, no, no seat belt, full palaces in the plane, full of palaces, gardens, maidservants, you know, nice waterfalls. You know, garden, everything was so nice within the plane. And the plane was moving to all the planets of the universe. They are not just sightseeing on this planet. People like to travel from one country to another. No, they were traveling from one planet to another, going to different, different gardens and enjoying themselves. Kardamani and Devahuti. So, this is manipulating the subpotencies of Maya. They can create things, wonderful things. And even we have uh, Kripa, Kripi, they were born, you know. So, they, they used to put the, the semen. In the ghee in a pot of ghee, and that used to become the womb, and then from there the baby used to come out. How how all these things are done? Uh, so these things are manipulating the subpotencies of Maya. Hmm. And sometimes we have examples in Puranas where the sage uh, gives some uh, sweet rice or something khir, and then they take, and then uh, a son who uh, a king who did not have a son, he will get a son after that. So in this way, there are, how this happens. How the sage has power to do that? Because he can manipulate. They were all actually perfect mystics at the time. They can manipulate the support of mind. So, in this kheer, he can invest so much power that such and such soul will come and take birth in this family. So, they can do so many wonderful things. So, yogi means not just, you know, some exercising, you know, stretching, you know, the leg, putting the leg over the head and then the uh, head underneath, you know, uh, this is not. uh, Real yoga means to come to that stage of yoga siddhis. Then, through the controlling potency called Vashita, vasita Siddhi, one is unimpeded by the three modes of nature. By Vashita Siddhi, one is unimpeded by the three modes of nature. He can do anything he likes. Huh? One who has acquired Kamavasahitha Siddhi can obtain anything from anywhere to the highest possible limit. Prabhupada said there was a yogi that his father's friend saw, he was in India. So, he was a great yogi. He was perfect in this Kamavasayata Siddhi. And then, uh, that man, he asked him, No, I want the pomegranates from Afghanistan. Can you bring? Then, he just closed his eyes and then said, Okay, go to the next room. The pomegranates are there from Afghanistan. And he was in India. Then he did not, What? Then he just went to the other room. Fresh leaves, branch broken like this with all the pomegranates there, and it was from Afghanistan, just like that. So, this is Kama Vasayata Siddhi. Anybody would get anybody would want this kind of Siddhis, right? But Siddhikami is Ashanta, he is actually not peaceful. As long as we desire material perfection, material happiness, we will never be peaceful. You think we think only just like a poor man, he thinks the wealthy man. Oh, well, he has so much wealth, what problem can he have? Everything is within him. No, you you go and see the rich people, whether they have problems or not. So many problems they have. You can't imagine the problems that they have. Everybody has problems. Um, My dear gentle Uddhava, these eight mystic perfections are considered to be naturally existing and unexcelled within this world. So, these, th- thi- these things are there. If one can actually become yogi... Just like, you know, um, by Vyasadeva's mercy, Sanjay could see the whole battlefield when he was sitting with Dhritarashtra, a blind man. And he was narrating the whole battlefield incidents, the whole Bhagavad Gita is like that. He is just narrating what he was seeing. Uh, So how did he see? What is that? That is a mystic Siddhi. He can see whatever he wants, like a television inside his heart. There is no need of uh, antenna and this, all nothing, nothing, no satellite, nothing. It is done by mystic yoga. So, although as, as wonderful as all this sounds, this comes under the category of greed. Because in the end, this is not going to solve your problem of birth, death, old age and disease. We should never lose track of the real problems. Janmamrithu jaravyati dukkha doshana darshanam. One who sees this, that the, the miseries of birth, death, old age and disease cannot be counteracted by all these achievements, he is the real dhira, he is the real Knowledgeable man. Uh, so, if we if we get distracted by all these wonderful, so called wonderful exhibitions of Maya, glittering, glittering distractions of Maya, um, then that is called laulya, greed, and that is that will spoil our devotional service. In fact, it is said a, a, a real devotee as he is advancing in devotional service, when he is almost perfect, then he will be given, he will be awarded these eight mystic perfections. And only if he is disinterested in them, completely unattracted to them, then he will be given the pure devotional service to Krishna. Krishna will put all kinds of tests. The biggest test will be when, you know, this devotee will be given this chance of having all the eight mystic perfections. And only when he is completely uninterested in any of them, even though he has them, then he is awarded the pure devotional service. Because Maya wants to distract him in many ways, if not by just ordinary woman then by mystic yoga power, if he is so advanced. At that stage also there is still uh, attraction from Maya. So Maya is not, he will not believe us so easily. The modern warfare waged waged between capitalists and communists is due to their avoiding the advice of Sri Rupa Goswami regarding Atyahara. This is the reason why there is war. Because everybody wants to achieve more, gain more and more and more, and then there is war. Oh no, I want, I want. Why you have to unnecessarily occupy the another land? No, the atyahara. No need that. Let him live. Let you live. You live yourself. But no. Simply atyahara. And also not only land, trade. I mean, oil or anything, anything. It's all people just want to hoard. The hoarding thing atyahara is causing all the world's warfare. Modern capitalists accumulate more wealth than necessary and the communists, envious of their prosperity, want to nationalize all wealth and property. Unfortunately, the communists do not know how to solve the problem of wealth and its distribution. Consequently, when the wealth of the capitalists falls into the hands of the communists, no solution results. Opposed to these two philosophies, the Krishna conscious ideology states that all wealth belongs to Krishna. Thus, unless all wealth comes under the administration of Krishna, there can be no solution to the economic problem of mankind. The United Nations will completely fail because they have not taken this policy of Srila Rupa Goswami. If if the United Nations takes the formula of Srila Rupa Goswami of this avoiding Atyahara, yes, peace will be there. But, as we know, there is no... Uh, devotee who is actually managing the affairs of the world. So, therefore, we can expect all kinds of troubles. Um, Just like yesterday, some gentleman has commented on this video, on our live stream, that he pointed to me, he said, um, uh, you know, this man who is speaking here, uh, he can solve the problems of the world, you know, uh, not those leaders, you know. Of course, I am nobody, I am... I am completely incapable. But the thing is, he said, he said a good point that all these leaders, you know, engineers and all these people, they can't actually solve the problem, it's the devotees who can actually solve the problem because you need to know actually how things work, how nature is working, how God is working behind, you know, behind all these manifestations of nature. And when you connect with what God wants, then you administer the world according to His orders, perfect peace will will result. Yudhishthir Maharaj, Parishit Maharaj. They were so, you know, uh, pure devotees. And Ramaraj, they, what is the meaning of Ramaraja? The kingdom of Lord Ram. The kingdom of Lord Ram was so great that people only died when they wanted to. They never faced excessive heat, excessive cold, nothing. Because of the perfect rulership of the king, Ram, Lord Ram. They even did not die, if they did not want to die, they did not die. It all depends on how the ruler actually rules the country. Mm. So, opposed to these two philosophies, the Krishna conscious ideology states that all wealth belongs to Krishna. Thus, unless all wealth comes under the administration of Krishna, there can be no solution to economic problem of mankind. Nothing can be solved by placing wealth in the hands of the communists or the capitalists. If a hundred dollar bill is lying on the street, Someone may pick it up and put it in his pocket. Such a man is not honest. Another man may see the money and decide to let it remain there, thinking that he should not touch another's property. Although the second man does not steal the money for his own purposes, he is unaware of its proper use. The third man who sees the hundred dollar bill may pick it up, find the man who lost it and deliver it to him. This man does not steal the money to spend for himself, nor does he neglect it and let it lie in the street. By taking it and delivering it to the man who has lost it, this man is both honest and wise. Simply transferring wealth from capitalists to communists cannot solve the problem of modern politics. For it, has become, for it has been demonstrated that when a communist gets money, he uses it for his own sense gratification. The wealth of the world actually belongs to Krishna, and every living entity, man and animal, has the birthright to use God's property for his maintenance. When one takes more than his maintenance requires, be he a capitalist or a communist, he is a thief, and as such, he is liable to be punished by the laws of nature. <coughs> the wealth of the world should be used for the welfare of all living entities, for that is the plan of Mother Nature. <coughs> Everyone has the right to live by utilizing the wealth of the Lord. When people learn the art of scientifically utilizing the Lord's property, they will no longer encroach. Uh, encroach upon one another's rights, when people learn the art of scientifically utilizing the Lord's property, not scientifically means a modern science, this science which is described here in the Upadesha this science, this spiritual science of avoiding atyahara, ishavasamidam sarvam yatkincha jagat, this is Isopanishad, first verse of the Ishopanishad. Hmm. so what is that, just look at the verse, I mean, See, Isha Panishad Mantra 1 Everything animate or inanimate within this world, within this universe is controlled and owned by the Lord Everything, animate or inanimate that means moving or non-moving is controlled and owned by the Lord. One should therefore accept only those things necessary for himself which are set aside as his quota and one should not accept other things knowing well to whom they belong. They belong to Krishna. So, in this way one has to live <coughs> and it is said in the next verse that if one lives like this then kurvanne karmani jiji vishe sama evam nakarmalipyate nare it is said if we live like that then we can live for oh, thousands of years, there is no um, problem in living like that. Kurvan have see this is the verse, so we will, see one may aspire to live for hundreds of years if he continuously goes on working in that way, that means accepting everything in you know, Krishna's property and just living, uh, just taking one's own quota and not encroaching upon another people's property. So, one may live, aspire for live for hundreds of years if he continuously goes on working in that way, for that sort of work will not bind him to the law of karma, there is no alternative to this way for man. So, again this is against the principle of atyahar. Then an ideal society can be formed, if you know, when people learn the art of scientifically utilizing the Lord's property, they will no longer encroach, encroach upon one another's rights then an ideal society can be formed. The basic principle of, for such a spiritual society is stated in the first mantra of the Ishopanishad, which you have just read already. Krishna conscious devotees know very well that this material world is designed by the complete arrangement of the Lord to fulfill all the necessities of life for all living beings. Material world is designed by the complete arrangement of the Lord to fulfill all the necessities of life for all living beings without their having to encroach, encroach upon the life or rights of one another. This complete arrangement affords the proper quota of wealth for everyone according to his real needs and thus everyone may live peacefully according to the principle of plain living and high thinking. Unfortunately, materialists who have neither faith in the plan of God nor any aspiration for higher spiritual development misuse their God-given intelligence only to augment their material possessions. So true. They misuse their God-given intelligence only to augment their material positions instead of using it for Krishna consciousness. They devise many systems such as capitalism and materialistic communism to advance their material position. They are not interested in the laws of God or in a higher goal. Always anxious to fulfill their unlimited desires for sense gratification. They are conspicuous by their ability to exploit their fellow living beings. When human society gives up these elementary faults enumerated by Srila Rupa Goswami, Atyahara, etc., all enmity will cease between men and animals, capitalists and communists and so forth. In addition, all problems of economic or political maladjustment and instability will be solved. This pure consciousness is awakened by the proper spiritual education and practice offered scientifically by the Krishna Consciousness movement. Therefore, as the gentleman has said yesterday, it is true that only a devotee Huh? That's why our whole process in this movement is, if people become devotees, if the whole world leaders, everybody becomes devotees, then the problems can be solved. Otherwise, they cannot be solved. Uh, these principles of Upade-Shamrita has to be, you know, broadcasted and not only that, must be implemented. It's not just, uh, it's good for devotees, you know, in their own spiritual lives, but also, it has... Applications at all levels. All levels. This Krishna consciousness movement offers a spiritual community that can bring about a peaceful condition in the world. Every intelligent man should purify his consciousness and rid himself of the above-mentioned six hindrances to devotional service and by taking wholehearted shelter of this Krishna consciousness movement. So, in other words, as a devotee, we should avoid these things. And also, we have to preach these signs all over the world that it's not just oh this is yeah it's good for devotees yeah, we have to avoid but then we have to preach that this avoidance will also cause, will solve all the problems of the world like how Prabhupada is mentioning you see. Any instruction is applicable at all levels. So that's why a, a devotee, he preacher you know a real preacher like Prabhupada, he preaches that not only for the small community of devotees that are presently hearing this lecture or something, no. For all people, for all time, these instructions are so necessary. Hmm. Krishna is speaking for everyone. Rupa Goswami, Lokanam hita karenau tri bhuvane The six Goswamis, uh, they have given up their so-called material posi- uh, positions as big, big government offices and this and that. And they have taken to the writing of these literatures for the Lokanam hita for the whole world's benefit. These books are written by these six Goswamis. So, this book is, uh, you know, complete um, uh, advice for everybody not only devotees but everybody and but especially for devotees Uh, devotees must take this very very seriously so we have uh, come to the end of the session so if you have any questions we will go through them now Rekha she's asking where is this Mandir in Singapore I would like to join so we are situated at Lorong 29 Geylang hash 03-02 postal code 388065 so you can you can come here but uh, presently everything is locked down so after this whole Covid pandemic has passed you, can always, you are always welcome and uh, at this point, we can associate with us through these online classes at the moment. Regarding Sri Ramanujas saying about sitting with the Vaishnavas, Vishwambar, um, Vishwambar Prabhu. has uh, presented. So, this is p- presented in the Sajjana Toshani by Bhaktivinoda Thakur. The Sri acharya's foremost instruction is this. If you cannot purify yourself by any endeavour whatsoever, then sit with the Vaishnavas and you will achieve all auspiciousness. <laughs> How beautiful, you see? If you cannot purify yourself by any endeavor whatsoever, then sit with the Vaishnavas and you will achieve all auspiciousness. If our mind is somehow or other, you know, you know, just completely chaotic, just sit with the Vaishnavas. Auspiciousness will be there. So, Ajanya Mataji, Bhaktin Ajanya. If one man have not enough courage to avoid sex and giving birth to children, is he responsible for taking care of his wife and children? If one person needs to enjoy sex life and after getting children, if he leaves his family and joining for service of Krishna without giving proper care and protection for the wife and little children, is it right? Which way is more good for a man, completely avoiding sex life or becoming grahastha and then leaving his family and going for Krishna's service, which is best way? Who is more intelligent, one who remained in Brahmacharya life or entering into Krihastha life? Um, Well, it's not completely related to the topic, but anyway, we will answer it. So, in any way, by any means, if one surrenders to Krishna, it is always uh, glorious, either way. (coughs) Whether one has remained a Brahmacharyan joined or one has become a grahastha and then left it uh, either way. But of course, as a grahastam, he is expected to fulfill everything. But it is not that. Actually, Prabhupada says one thing. In a lecture recently, I was hearing. I think it's Bhagavatam, 1st kanto, 9th chapter, somewhere, one of the verses. So, Prabhupada said, <clears throat> one has to leave, shordham Vanam After 50 years old, one has to start... Seriously contemplating leaving the place, leaving the house. And then he said, there may be duties in the household life that haven't been finished. <coughs> Prabhupada says, it doesn't matter whether they are finished or not, <coughs> one has to leave. Because on, honestly, they, it will never be finished. Even the so called finished, they will again have another thing, another thing, it will never finish. They will, you know, they will just present one or the other problem. It will always be there. So, pancha shurdham manam at the age of 50, one must start to leave. One think of leaving because this graham is never is never going to be. It's andha-kupam is never going to finish. Very hard to come out of it. <coughs> Even when Prabhupada was in household life and Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thakur was coming into his dream and pulling him by the ear, you know, come out, come out, take sannyas. Uh, so Prabhupada was saying that you know I was thinking, how can I leave my family and everything? But, you know, he left his family and then, yeah, not everything was all right. Not everything was all right. Uh, In fact, one of his daughters did not get married yet and all these things were there, but he just left. So, of course, they were grown up at least. They were grown up. So, that should be the general rule that one has to take uh, charge. That that is the vow of marriage. One has to take charge because not everyone is as advanced as, say, Sridhar Swami. I will, I will tell the example of Sridhar Swami in a while. I think many of you already know. <coughs> He's actually from Orissa. Uh, the, we have seen his samadhi also in uh, what is it, Gopinath, that mandir. His samadhi is also there. So he was a great. Uh, he was a great uh, uh, devotee. He he was his was the first commentary on the Srimad Bhagavatam. So. His example is quite uh, unique, but generally speaking, the husband should take charge of the uh, wife and then eventually when they are grown up, then he has to leave them. But Sridhar Swami, what happened, he wanted to be a Brahmachari his life. He did not want to take, come into Grihastha Ashram. But his parents uh, you know, forced it upon him, and then he became a Grihastha. Then he thought, okay, after marrying, I will I will leave, I will become sannyas. Then there is, um, then the, then his wife asked, no, no, we have children, you know, then, then, okay, then the wife became pregnant, okay, then he thought, let the child be born, then I will leave and take sannyas. And the child was born, but his wife died. So he was left with the child in his, ha- in his hands, and he was sitting under this tree, and he was lamenting, what happened to my life, you know, what plan I had, and now I am left with this child, without even my wife, and I will take care of, raise this child, and, my whole plan of surrendering to Krishna is gone then uh, then the lizard one lizard fell from the tree one baby lizard just born very small and he found an insect and he ate the insect he gobbled the insect up and then he rushed into the bushes then he saw then he saw that and okay the Lord is providing for everybody so he left the child he put the child there and then left and took sannyas. Somebody must have raised the child, of course. But that was not his concern anymore. The thing is this, when one has surrendered to Krishna, he is not indebted to anyone, if he has wholeheartedly actually surrendered. Uh, Chaitanya <clears throat> Mahaprabhu is a perfect example. He married at the age of 24. His wife was 16. But few months after marriage, he took sannyas. Now, can you say he is uh, irresponsible? No, he is not. So, It may look like that. So, therefore, these things cannot be understood by materialists. For them, family life is everything. So, when you present the sannyas idea, they all become, you know, very restless, you know, agitated. Uh, This is irresponsible, this is nonsense. No, it's not irresponsible. When one has taken the shelter of the Lord like that, he is not indebted to anyone, whether he has just taken grass and then taken sannyas or whether he is brahmacharya and all the way sannyas, if he has dedicated his service to himself to the Lord. That's it. That's all that matters. (coughs) But, so this is our verse Devar Shibhutapta Niranam Pitrinam Nakinkaronayam Rani Charajan Sarvatmanaya Saranam Saranyam Gatomukundam Barihritta Kartam. O king, one who has given up all material duties and has taken full shelter of the lotus feet of Mukunda, who offers shelter to all, is not indebted to demigods, great sages, ordinary living beings, relatives, friends, mankind or even one's forefathers who have passed away. Since all such classes of living entities are part and parcel of the supreme lord, one who has surrendered unto the lord's service has no need to serve such persons separately. Having said, how many people are actually in that level that they have completely surrendered to the lord? Rare, it is very rare that these examples are there like Chaitanya Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and, you know, Sridhar Swami. These are very rare examples. It's not ordinarily possible. So, usually for ordinary people, it's take responsibility. You know, sometimes Prabhupada's disciples, sometimes uh, they accepted grahastha Ashram and then they wanted to change. They wanted to become sannyas immediately and then they didn't want to take care of the wife and everything. So, Prabhupada said, no, 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 you must take care of your wife for the rest of your life and then take sannyas later on now your duty is to take care of your wife. Why? Because he knows that these people are asking for sannyas, not because of their unflinching devotion to Krishna yet, they are just having some argument with the wife and it is it is common that whenever a man argues with his wife, he will think of sannyas at the time. <laughs> so in that moment, he will think of sannyas, but then Prabhupada knew that he, even if he leaves his wife and so-called takes sannyas, he may get involved with another woman because that lust has not completely gone. <coughs> that intense attachment, just like another good example is Raghunath Das Goswami. He married, you know, and his wife was very, very beautiful and he was son of a very, very rich man. Hmm? He was like multi-billionaire Raghunath Das Goswami. He just ran away from the house and then, you know, the mother was, you know, crying and you know, complaining to the husband, I mean, chastising the husband, That means Raghunath Raghunath Das's mother was shouting at her husband. that means his father. Why didn't you chain him up, you know, in the house? You know, why did you let him go without any chains? She, now you see, because Raghunath Das Goswami always was thinking about running away from the house. So he ran away many times, and Raghunath Das Goswami's father, Hiranya Machundar, so he always used to keep guards, bodyguards, a dozen of them. Not to save himself from thieves or rogues, but to save his son from running away. <laughs> so, that was the duty of duty of those guards. So, whenever the son runs away, they will all go after him and catch him and coming back, come back, bring him back. So, in this way, then they thought, okay, if he, if he gets married, then he will get attracted to the wife and everything. And then he will be okay. He got him married. But he slept in the veranda and he, his wife slept inside. He didn't know how to sleep with her also. And then he was sleeping outside like that. Always thinking when I can leave, when I can leave, when I can leave, and finally, after getting the mercy of Nityananda Prabhu, it's a long story, but I just want to cut short. So, one day he ran, he ran, and he never came back. And the wife was shouting at the husband, you know, why? I mean, the his mother was shouting at his father, why didn't you chain him up? You know, why didn't you chain him up? And the father said, "What can be a greater chain than a beautiful wife?" Because of wife, everybody is stuck to this world. She is the biggest chain. He's the most beautiful girl we have gotten for him. But if he has run away, what ordinary chains can do? Let him go. What can we do? He has his life is meant for Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. What can we do? So then, after that, it became a different story. Then he went. His he sent his men, you know, to see where he was, and finally they found out that he was in Jagannath Puri, then. He tried to give him money so that, you know, he can serve the Vaishnavas there and like in this way. And then slowly, slowly, Raghunath Das Goswami, first he accepted the money and then with that, he arranged big, big prasadam feasts for all Vaishnavas, Vaishnav bhojan. And then after some time, he thought, why should I take money from them, from my father anymore? I have taken, you know, I renounced the family life. Then he stopped taking money and then he was standing outside the Jagannath temple just begging, you know, the rice that was washed, you know, and you know, uh, after the pots are washed, that rice he used to collect. That rice he used to collect and eat that only, and he used to stand outside the Jagannath temple and beg. And then he thought, why am I standing here like a prostitute? You know, prostitute also waits for a man. You know, who is coming? Who will offer me money and I can offer him sex? So I am like a prostitute who will give me money. You know, for my mind. no. I, I think I then he gave that gave up that also. So in this way, he increased increased his renunciation so much. So, the point is this, he ran away from his wife after Grihastha. But that level, that level of attraction for Krishna that he had, it's not ordinary. Rupa and are nitya siddhas. You know, they're coming from spiritual world. So, Sridhar Swami, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, these are very extraordinary examples. So, but one, if, if one does in that earnestness, there is nothing wrong. But usually, the vast majority, 99.99% of the people, they can't do it in that way. So they better go through the whole thing and then take sannyas. Mm. Taking sannyas is also, it's not that grihasta means so there is no more sannyas, no, grihasta means after that there is sannyas also. So one has to always aspire when I can ultimately give up all this attachment and serve the Lord without any hindrances. So this we have to always think that way. Mm. It may not be immediately possible at the age of 50. But, the injunction is there, pancha sordham manam So, we have to work towards that. What else? Who is more intelligent, one who remains in Brahmacharya life or entering into gross life? No, neither. The one who is a devotee of Krishna is the most intelligent. No matter wherever you are, he is, what is that? Jayek uh, Krishna-bhaja-she-bada-chatur. So, whoever worships Krishna, he is the intelligent man. So, it doesn't matter wherever you are, but you have to take to devotional service. Artificial, renunciation has to come as an effect of attachment to Krishna. If we, just, if we just renounce and if we don't have sufficient attraction for Krishna, then we will fall back to this attachment. We have to have sufficient attachment for Krishna to be able to renounce. So, the, if the if this um, injunction is there, the Panchashortham Manambhrajit at the age of 50, I must renounce, that means it indirectly also conveys that at the, by the age of fifty I must become so serious enough that I am able to give up this family life. If I just give up, oh fifty has come, I, have to, I will give up, then I leave. I will not be able to live because I have not enough attachment. To be attached now is our natural position, we just have to shift the attachment to Krishna. But if the attachment is not strong enough there, it will again come back here. Or one will go into altruistic activities, philanthropic activities. These are not, these are all just extended sense gratification. Real service of the Lord is what one has to come to. So, any other questions or comments? What else? Of course, there are. So this is a good realization by uh, Bhaktin uh, Svetalina. So it, Brahmachari has 75 percent chance of going back to Godhead, but grahastha only has 24, no actually not 75 percent. If one is, I mean truly Brahmachari, if completely dedicated to Krishna, it is 100 percent chance. But grahastha 25 percent chance Prabhupada said because three-fourths of the life, three-fourths of time is wasted away in material attachments. So, Um, for Grahastra is only 25% chance, so she is saying that I am telling you from the point of view of a married woman, in Grahastra life we have to work so much to increase our chance to go back to Godhead and of course it is not an excuse, there is not a problem in Grahastra life only you have to do fixed your mind on service and everything what we achieve in family life we have to do only to satisfy Krishna, so that is correct. So the main is attachment to Krishna maya manah partha, Krishna said in the 7th chapter of Bhagavad Gita first, maya Saktamana become attached to me, then renunciation all this will come. But if the attachment is not there, then if you just renounce, just like when you are walking, the, the foot you put forward and then you take away your, your back foot and then you, so that f- the front foot has to be on solid footing and then you can remove. If you haven't put the, front foot and on solid ground and you, you lift this also and then you will trip and fall. So, the attachment must be firstly solid and then we can remove the, the material attachment. So, I think we will stop here since there are no more questions, I think some very nice comments I mean uh, inputs by Vishwambar Prabhu, uh, merely renouncing all activities not Yet not engaged in devotional service of the Lord cannot make one happy, but a thoughtful person engaged in devotional service can achieve the Supreme without delay. See, many nice. Bhagavad Gita 5.6 Sanyasastamhava Hudukkamap Yogata Yoga Munir Brahma So merely renouncing all activities, yet not engaging in the devotional service of the Lord cannot make one happy, but a thoughtful person engaged in devotional service can achieve the supreme without delay. Perfect. So this is in the sixth chapter, first verse also. Anasukta what is that? Um uh, What is that? Keep forgetting. So Sanyasi Cha Yogi cha Chakriya. Anashrita karma phalam karyam Karma karotiya, sa sanyasi cha yogi cha Chakriya. Ha? Supreme personality of God has said one who is unattached to the fruits of his work and who works as is obliged is in the renounced order of life and is a true mystic, not he who lights no fire and performs no duty. This requires more explanation to make um, to be understood. But anyway, um, the five, six just now the Vishnupu's verse is uh, um, quite easy to understand. So that is that. Konvarta, Krishnam, so, from the Srimad bhagavatam 7.6.10, He is so dear that one conceives of money as being sweeter than honey. Therefore, who can give up the desire to accumulate more money, especially in household life? Thieves, professional servants, soldiers and merchants try to acquire money even by risking their very dear lives. This is how they, much they are in, involved in Athyahara. Hmm. So, anyway, are nice verses by all of them. So... Please go and read it at your own convenience. So we will stop here. Jai Sri ki jai Sri Prabhupada ki jai Upadeh Samrata ki jai Nitaaya Gaur hari